class. <laughs> All the kids are like, what? And uh, so kids, I'll just say this, hang in there. You'll learn that before too long. Uh, and uh, anyway, Romans chapter 12, let's all stand tonight, if you will, please. Romans chapter 12, and uh, my, my introduction tonight is uh, one of the most important parts of the message this evening. We may, we may very well make it past the introduction and, uh, and, and get into the, the gift of giving tonight. I'm just going to try to follow the will of the Lord this evening, and uh, if I feel like that maybe God wants to just, to just stop after the introduction, then we may stop a little early this evening, get you out of here a little early tonight. But uh, we'll just see what the Lord has for us this evening. Romans chapter 12, and uh, look, if you will, at verse number 1. We're going to read the first 16 verses tonight. Romans chapter 12 and verse number 1. The Bible says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith, or ministry, let us wait on our ministering, or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity, he that ruleth with diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil, Cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love, in honor preferring one another. Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. Distributing to the necessity of saints, given to hospitality. Bless them which persecute you, bless and curse not. Rejoice with them that do rejoice. And weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind, one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. We got time. Why don't we just go ahead and read the rest of it? Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as life in you, live peaceably with all men. And dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. And you may be seated tonight. And again, my intentions tonight were to talk to you about the gift of, of giving. We may get there, but we'll just see what the Lord has. Because the first part of my message Tonight is all introduction, but I think it's a very, very important introduction tonight. I know we've got several of our folk tonight who were providentially hindered, and they told me the reasons they weren't being here tonight. We've got some folks that are sick and some different things, and uh, they told me they'd be watching by way of live stream. So I know we have some folks that are watching tonight that are not here, but they're watching by way of live stream. 
And so very, very important introduction tonight. And so let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then we'll jump right into the Bible study tonight, okay? Father, thank you so much for the privilege of being here for midweek service tonight. And God, I thank you for this crowd that has assembled this evening. And Lord, I pray that you'll give them an extra special blessing for their faithfulness to the house of the Lord. And then, Lord, we have several that almost almost always they're here without fail. But Lord, sometimes things do happen, and sometimes people are sick, and sometimes they are providentially hindered. Lord, some of those tonight are watching by way of the live stream. So thank you that we have that, uh, that outreach tonight. And then, Lord, there are probably some watching tonight that are not necessarily a part of our church family, but they're watching. And we're glad they're viewing tonight. Then, Lord, we have some that are watching by way of the overflow room. And so, Lord, I pray tonight that you would, wherever those folks, wherever we may be tonight, I pray that, God, you would knit our hearts together. And I pray that we would be helped. And I pray that we would learn something from thy word tonight. We pray for the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the the gentleman that was saved earlier tonight on visitation. And I pray, God, that others maybe would be saved by way of, uh, Lord, the service tonight. We pray that our blessed Savior would receive glory and praise from all that's done. We do lift up Brother Brandon tonight. And God, how we uh, agree to gre- uh, together tonight. And we sure pray that you would touch his body and heal him. And I pray that he'd be, be able to be back with us very, very soon. Mandy, pray to bless her and the kids. And so, Lord, help us tonight, please. We love you and thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray and for his sake and all God's people said, amen, amen. Well, we're talking about the gifts of the Spirit. and We have now for several weeks. We notice tonight that those gifts basically are, at least in this passage of Scripture, are centered right about verses number 6 through verse number 8. But we read tonight the whole chapter, which is 21 verses long. And I know that some may say, well, preacher, why did we we take the time to read all 21 verses tonight? And part of the reason that I wanted to read the whole chapter tonight is because, number one, it's just good. It's just good good to read it. And I could feel ministry uh, that was going out just through the reading of the the Scripture tonight. But also, another reason that I wanted to read the other Scripture tonight is because that's always a good idea. Whenever you're, uh, you know, you're doing some Bible study, be sure you read the verses before the verses that you're looking at. And also, it's a good habit to read the verses that come after the verses that you're looking at. We call it context. And so it's always good to make sure that you keep Scripture within its context. And I'm glad that God gives us uh, contextual understanding here tonight. And he does that in Romans chapter 12. And I said that to say this, that I believe the verses before the gifts of the Spirit are within context of verses 6 through 8. And then as you read verses 9 through 21, they also add context to the gifts of the Spirit. And I want to talk to you a little bit about some of those verses tonight, and specifically verses 9 and verses number 10. Look, if you will, uh, notice what the Apostle Paul says in verse number 9. He said, let love be without dissimulation. That word dissimulation is a big word that means hypocrisy, basically, hypocrite. Let love be without dissimulation. And then he says, abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. Now, I want you to notice especially verse number 10. And Paul says, be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love. And then especially this phrase, 
I want us to pay attention to for a few moments tonight. Paul said, in honor, preferring one another. Now, don't forget, he just came off of talking about the gifts of the Spirit. And he says that, uh, uh, verse 6, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. In other words, there are different gifts. We've taken a little time to talk about that. There are different gifts for different people. Uh, and, uh, and so uh, Paul just begins to, uh, just comes off of talking about the gifts of the Spirit. And then he says in verse number 10, in honor, preferring one another. We've all been given different gifts. And we talked about this a little bit tonight. But some of those gifts seem more important than other gifts. But Paul's message tonight is they're all equally important. Some may be a little bit more visible. Some may be a little bit more public. Uh, some may be a little bit more uh, 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 a gift that you would uh, see. But Paul's point is, you know what, although they may seem different and some may seem more important, others may seem less important, Paul's, uh, his message is they're all vital to the body of Christ. But then he says this, but we're all to be kindly affectioned one to another, regardless of the gift, regardless of the gift that you have. Uh, don't ever get to that place where you think my gift is more important than brother so-and-so's gift or sister so-and-so's gift. And so Paul says because of that, and really the Holy Spirit, he says in honor preferring one another. Now that caught my attention this week. And I want to take just a few moments tonight and see if we can dissect that just a little bit and see what the Bible is saying to us here. The word preferring there, preferring one another means to show deference. It means honor or humility. If you work up, look up the word preferring, it basically means this. It means to go before. And so this is what the Bible's saying. In humility, we should allow others in the church body to go before us. Even if we feel like their gift is not as public as our gift, or even if we feel like maybe, and we shouldn't feel like this anyway, but even if we feel like their gift is not as important as our gift, we are to prefer one another. We're to allow them to go before us, putting each before himself. That's what a healthy body does. It puts, sometimes it puts one member before another member for the health of the body. Now, and I'm so glad. Aren't you glad the Bible's simple tonight? I mean, aren't you glad God, aren't you glad God, God keeps it? Somebody said the King James Bible's on a fourth grade level. I don't know, but if it is, I'm glad. Amen. That's what I need. And, uh, and you know what? And the Holy Spirit likens these, these teachings. He likens it to a body. And he likens it to a human body. And, uh, and I love this uh, analogy to the human body. When the human body is sick, did you know that often different members will deny themselves and prefer other parts of the body in order that the body be strong or be healed? Now, this may seem a little sickening tonight. I don't know. I, and uh, I'm, I'm a little weird sometimes, but I just think... I just think the human body is one of the most amazing things that's ever been created, and it really is. I don't know how, if you really start studying how the human body is made up and how the human body works, I don't know how anybody could ever say there is no God. 
There's no way that something as detailed and complicated and elaborate as the human body is, how can you, how can you look at the human body and say there's not a creator? There's no way. And, uh, I'm, and if I'm not careful, I'll start change, uh, chasing rabbits, and they've got meat on them, but I'm not going to chase them tonight, all right? And uh, now think about, think about this. And again, this may, may be, maybe this is, not, you know, not a good, good illustration, but this is what the Lord gave me. Did you know that when you find yourself becoming nauseated, and I'm, I'm sorry to give you this, anal- this analogy, but, but when your body becomes nauseous and you begin vomiting, did you know that actually it is the body trying to heal itself? Now, it's not a very pleasant, you know, it's not a very pleasant occurrence, and, and all of us have been there a time or two, but basically what's happening is when you become nauseated and your body begins to throw up, I'll just say that, uh, basically what's happening, happening is this. The stomach is denying itself in, in, in order that the entire body doesn't have to focus on digestion. And so, in other words, if you've got all that food in you that you just stopped at McDonald's and you've got that Big Mac and large fry and a large chocolate shake, well, you know what? The body's got to concentrate. The body, the body has to digest all that food. So if you're sick and the body is trying to heal itself, you know what it does? Sorry, sorry about this, but it's just the, the illustration that God seemed to give me. The body rids itself of that allowing the body not to have to concentrate so much on digestion, but the body can concentrate on focusing its energy on healing. Now, think about this. Uh, If a plane is having problems and it's going to have to make an emergency landing, did you know one of the very first things that that an experienced pilot will do is, is called a fuel drop? And so that pilot will fly somewhere uh, where he can get rid of all those thousands of gallons of flammable fuel. Why? Because he wants to concentrate not on a plane that's going to be exploding and the passengers are going to be getting burned up. He wants to drop that fuel. Why? So he can focus on landing that plane safely. Again, the idea is this. One part is preferred before another part for the blessing of the whole. Uh, And so uh, did you know tonight I said all of that as vulgar as that was, I said all that to say this. Did you know that's all also how healthy churches function? Now the, body, uh, now, the Bible likens the church to the body. And so in that same way, the, the church functions in the same way. What do you mean, preacher? I mean this, that each of the members denies themselves at times in order for the body to be healthy. There are times when, uh, you know what, you're going to you're gonna have to become second so the body is healthy. And so uh, let's, let's break this down where you can understand it. Uh, and, by, and, and praise the Lord. Boy, the, church, the new church has been a place of activity this week. I mean, they're working and uh, they're going to have the new roof on the fellowship hall by tomorrow, it looks like. And, uh, and uh, the room where we had breakfast that Sunday morning, the walls are going up in there, and it's just been a place of activity. Now, uh, you know what? It won't be too awful long. We're going to have a beautiful, beautiful place that we're going to be able to meet and spread out a little bit and invite your friends and your family and uh, so we can fill it up and pack it out for the glory of God. And you say, well, Pastor, what are we going to do if we fill that one up? We'll let God build another one. Amen. Uh, but wait a minute now. Uh, it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be beautiful. But as beautiful as it's going to be, 
Did you know that not every single thing in that new church building is going to suit you? Do you know that? But here's the thing. But you know what? For the health of the body, we ought to deny self so the body will be healthy. And so somebody says, well, I don't like the fabric that's on the, the chairs up there. Okay, all right, and then, by the way, that's fine. We all like different things. And so uh, some like, uh, you know, this wine color or whatever it is, you know, and, and some like green and some like mauve and some like purple and, and, uh, and some like red and, uh, and all, and that's fine. That's, that's, that's fine. That's not a problem. But I would say this, that before we start stirring up trouble and problems just because we don't like a certain color fabric, or we don't like the weave of carpet on the floor or we don't like the certain tint of paint on the wall. You know what we ought to say? We ought to say, no, wait a minute now. Did you know the most important thing in this church is not what I like? The most important thing in this church body is not necessarily that I let every single person know I don't like that carpet. I don't like it. Don't appreciate it. It's not what I voted for. No. You know what? A healthy church says this. I'm going to deny myself, although I may not exactly, that may not be my preference, they may not be exactly, you know, what I like. I'm going to deny myself for the health of the entire body. By the way, church, did you know that works in other avenues as well, not just church? Did you know that a lot of marriages would be a lot better off if we had some spouses who would say, you know what, I may not like every single thing my wife does, but for the health of the body and the health of the relationship, I'm not always going to be harping on it. I'm not always going to be nagging about it. I'm not always going to nag him about this certain thing. You know why? Because it's not healthy. It's not healthy. And so uh, it may not be my preference. He may not uh, do exactly the way I want him to do. She may not uh, talk exactly like I want her to talk. Uh, but you know what? I'm going to deny myself for the health of the body. By the way, uh, it works in the home. It works in the home. If we had some children, some young people, some teenagers who would say, you know what, boy, I don't, I don't understand mom and dad. I don't understand why they made that rule. And now, wait a minute now. Rather than you rebelling about that and, uh, and having a bad attitude and a bad spirit and criticizing your mom and dad, a healthy home says, you know what, I may not agree, I may not understand, but for the health of this home, I'm going to deny myself so we can have a healthy home home. And so one part is preferred before another part for the blessing of the whole. And if you understood what I just taught you, would you say amen right there? Amen. All right. Now listen to this next part. Did you know the opposite, the opposite of what I just taught is what we call cancer? Think about this. Cancer is the uncontrolled growth of abnormal cells in the body. Old cells do not die and instead grow out of control. Basically, it is one part of the body that's literally trying to take over. And when you have that happen in a body, guess what happens? The body becomes very unhealthy. Think about this. Occasionally, a church will develop a cancer. Have you ever seen somebody that, that uh, you know, they get, they get a, a cancer and it causes a tumor? You know what? It's not natural, is it? It's not supposed to be there. Did you know that same type tumor in a church is not natural? 
Did you know that you shouldn't just, well, you know, look, we're, we're, let's just look over it. No, I just want you to understand something. And thank God, God's so good to Calvary and things are so wonderful. And, and then we have a mountaintop day Sunday. Wasn't it wonderful? Listen, I don't know about y'all. Man, I didn't drive home, I floated home. I mean, it was just great, honestly. I mean, man, I was just on a cloud all day and thinking about all the decisions and the great crowd. I mean, we, it was packed and jammed. We had bodies everywhere. You could put a body upstairs. We had 23 people in the overflow room downstairs. The nurseries were packed, 27 people out in the junior church building. I mean, man, it was packed everywhere. You could pack somebody and people saved and a great spirit and the choir headed out of the park and the specials were great. And man, I even enjoyed the preaching even though I'd done it. It was a great day. I mean, it was a great day. And God is blessing Calvary and doing something great at Calvary Baptist Church. But don't be surprised that within the next several years, we don't see a cancer start growing. Now, you know what you do with a tumor? You get rid of it. And so you don't, uh, you know what? So listen to me now. Think about this. Uh, A cancer uh, where, uh, listen, a cancer where everything becomes all about them. Everything becomes what about what they want and what they like and what they don't like. Now, listen, let me tell you, I'll share something about this. Did you know that a pastor can be a cancer? Yes, sir. A pastor can be a cancer. Where it's just all about him. It's my way or the highway. And, uh, and, and you know, it's just all about him and all about his likes and all about his dislikes and all about his preferences. Did you know a deacon can become a cancer? Did you know a church member can become a cancer? Anyone who begins to think that the church is all about them, you know what? That's a cancer. Why? Because we're to prefer one another. Now, you say, preacher, does the Bible give us an example? Sure does. Can I show you an example of a cancer? Take your Bibles tonight, if you will, please, and turn to 3 John. We say 3 John chapter 1. There's really only one chapter anyway. But right toward the very back of your Bible, 3 John. And I'm glad the Bible has an answer for every question we may have. And the Bible shows us what a cancer looks like even in a church. 3 John chapter 1, look at verse number 1. And John says, The elder unto the well-beloved Gaius, whom I love in the truth. Now I want you to notice verse number 2. John says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest what? And be in what? Well, that's not an accident. You know what John is saying? John's saying, you know what the important thing about the church is? That it's healthy. That it's prospering. That it's healthy. And John says that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy thy soul prospereth. But this church had a problem. It had a cancer. Look at verse number 9. And John said, I wrote unto the church, but Diotrephes, who loveth to have the preeminence among them. That word preeminence means first place. 
who loveth to have the preeminence among them receiveth us not. Wherefore, if I come, I will remember his deeds which he doeth, prating against us with malicious words and not content therewith. Neither doth he himself receive the brethren and forbiddeth them that would and casteth them out of the church. Beloved, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. He that doeth good is of God, but he that doeth evil hath not seen God. Prating against us with malicious words and not content therewith. That word prating there, it means a babbler or a trifler. In other words, Diotrephes was a man that picked up trifles in the church, things that really didn't amount to a hill of beans, as my daddy used to say, but he made a big deal out of them. And the reason he made a big deal out of them is because he thought that he ought to have first place in the church. He thought Diotrephes thought it was all about him and all about what he wanted and who he wanted to have in and it became all centered around him. And uh, wait a minute now, what is that? That's an abnormal growth. Now, I said that to say this. Did you know, we're, we're, you said, preacher, I thought I was talking about gifts. We are. Did you know that God may have given you a tremendous gift? But please understand something, that God is concerned about the health of the body. He's not concerned about one or the other getting up and showing off your gift to the body. God never gave us a gift so we could show off. If God gave you a gift, and he did, if you're saved, God gave you a gift. If God gives you a gift, it is for the health of the body. Now, what are you talking about, preacher? And I'm so thankful that it's not that way here at Calvary. Did you know some churches tonight, for instance, there may be one musician who's been blessed with a certain gift and they feel as if their gift trumps every other musician. Now, I'm thankful, and it's not. And I, by the way, thank God, I'm so thankful for the attitude and the spirit of our musicians at Calvary Baptist Church. But you'd be shocked at the churches around America where there's a piano player or an organ player and they feel like they are so gifted with their ministry that they don't let anybody touch their piano. It's off limits. Uh, you don't touch my organ. That's mine. That's my gift. Well, let me say, first of all, that's not your piano. And that's not your organ. That's God's piano. That's God's organ. Those are God's chairs. This is God's pulpit. This is God's church. It's not mine. It's not yours. It's his. And by the way, he can do anything he wants to do with it. And so, now wait a minute now. What are you saying? I'm saying that regardless of your gift, in honor, the Bible says, in honor preferring one another. How about this? In some churches, there may be, and I'm thankful it's not that way at Calvary. But So this is just preventive maintenance preaching tonight is what this is. In some churches, one singer who sings a song feels as if no one else can sing their song. I mean, I'm so blessed. I mean, that's my song. <laughs> it's not your song. And, and for that matter, it's not your voice. It's his. And if you've got a voice to sing, he gave it to you. And you wouldn't have it without him. You say, preacher, I've always had a good voice. Listen, but you know, how many know you can't sing if you don't have air? And it's not your air, it's his air. He's the one that causes you to breathe. Y'all follow me tonight. 
And so, 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 so somebody says, well, you know what? That's not right. They can't sing my song. Wait a minute now. Uh, that's not your song. And here's what I'm saying tonight. If someone decides to do your song, be glad for the health of the body. And so don't, don't sit back there and sulk and say, well, I can't believe they've done that and that's not right. And No, sit back there and say, man, they did a great job. Man, that was a blessing. That's awesome. And by the way, after the service, you ought to find them. You ought to shake their hands and say, man, I'll tell you what, that's great. I mean, that was wonderful. You did, a, you did a great job. Listen, did you know there are preachers who feel like no one else can use their illustration? Am I telling the truth, brother? It's the truth. And they say, you plagiarized. You know, and Brother Howes used to say, if I tell you where I got it, you know, the other guy's got to tell you where he got it. I mean, and we all, all borrow it from somebody. And, uh, but, but there are preachers who feel like no one else can use their message or no one else can use their illustration. Wait a minute now. In honor, preferring one another. And I ask, are you concerned about receiving the glory or are you concerned about the health of the body? And so one member denies itself so the body can be healthy. Dr. R.G. Lee, I love this story. He and his wife were traveling, and it was a Sunday night, and they stopped in at a little out-of-the-way church, a little country church. In fact, the preacher preaching that night didn't even know who Dr. R.G. Lee was. He had no idea that Dr. R.G. Lee was the was the uh, uh, pastor of the Bellevue Baptist Church in Memphis, Tennessee. Great, gigantic church, church where Adrian Rogers pastored after him and, and a great, great work of God. He had no idea that Dr. R.G. Lee was a conference speaker and an author and uh, well-known all across America. He didn't know. He didn't know. And Dr. R.G. Lee had a famous message that he preached all over America called Payday Someday. Well, that young preacher got in the pulpit that night and he said, folks, tonight, he said, I want to preach to you on this subject, payday someday. Dr. Argelie and his wife were sitting in the back of the church and said that young man got up there and preached word for word. He preached Dr. R.G. Lee's message. Dr. and Ms. Lee left the service and got out in the car and, and Dr. Lee was infuriated. And he said, oh, oh, oh. I said, I can't believe it, can't believe it, can't believe it. And his wife said, honey, what in the world's wrong? He said, did you hear what he, did you hear what he did? Did you hear what he did? He preached my message word for word. And his wife said, yes, he did. And it was the best I've ever heard it preached. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Hey, listen, Calvary. If God blesses you with a great gift and your gift is more visible than someone else's gift, you know what? Make sure you do this. Prefer one another. And so, you know what, somebody? That's as far as we're going to go tonight. Someone does something, you know, that doesn't sit well with you. Listen to me, church. Don't you get all mad and, and uh, just get bent out of shape and get sideways with the Lord and... You know what? In honor, preferring one another. Well, pastor, it made me mad. Okay, so it made you mad. Get glad. Amen. Well, why should I? For the health of the body. For the health of the body. 
uh, something didn't sit just perfect with you or you didn't like the song the choir sang or, you know, or pastor said, you know, and it's going to happen. Pastor said something in the pulpit, didn't sit well with me, and I, I felt like maybe he was picking on me. And, and I promise, by the grace of God, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to use this pulpit as a, as a bully pulpit. And, uh, but something, you know, preacher says something and it sort of hits you wrong. Listen to me, just forgive. Just forgive. And just go, why? For the health of the body. In honor, preferring one another. Now, I'm going to tell you what I, what I believe, church. And I'm, I may preach on this pretty soon. I believe that God is not only blessing Calvary Baptist Church, but I believe that God can continue to bless Calvary Baptist Church. And I, bless, I, I believe that God can bless Calvary 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 30 years from now, 50 years from now, I believe God can still be blessing. But I will tell you this, we're going to have to practice the kind of things we learned tonight. Where we prefer one another. Now, I'm sorry we didn't get to the gift tonight. But we're going to, Lord willing, next Wednesday, we're going to get to the gift of giving. And it's a wonderful gift. And you won't want to miss next Wednesday night. Let's, let's bow our heads tonight. Father, thank you for this time that we've had together this evening. God, I pray that you'll help us to be so careful that we keep our eyes on Jesus. And God, help us not to get our eyes on another church member. Help us not to get our eyes on a pastor or a preacher or an evangelist or a deacon, Sunday school teacher. Lord, help us keep our eyes on Christ. And Lord, when the devil tries to insert little things into our mind, into our spirit, Lord, I pray that we'll remember Romans chapter 12, verse number 10. In honor, preferring one another. God, I pray that you'll bless tonight. I'm going to have Miss Tammy do a, just a stanza of an invitation song. And I pray that you'll bless. And Lord, save those that may be lost and work in hearts, please. We thank you in Jesus' name. Let's all stand tonight. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. And uh, some are in the altar tonight. And if you need to come for any reason at all, maybe you just need to pray about something tonight. The altar is wide open. Just come on tonight and do business with the Lord. You know, it could be tonight you just need to tiptoe down to the altar and say, Lord, help my spirit to stay sweet. God, help, me, help my spirit to stay sweet. And help me to keep my eyes on Christ. What about it tonight? You come while we wait. You come tonight.